So there's a misconception that if you're single, you are incomplete, perhaps damaged, salvaged, and you won't be happy until you find your one. And that is not true. That is bullshit. It is a message that has been fed to us by media and advertising. The truth is, when you're single, you have the richest soil for growth. That's why I created this podcast. And unlike other podcasts, this one is host-driven, not guest-driven. That means I will be rotating health and wellness experts three times a week to give you the giant box of wellness crayons, not just the primary colors, so you can start building a meaningful life. It's time to give singlehood a cape. You are in for a treat today. I'm super excited to introduce today's host, Dr. Nina Polinay. She sits with me on the Wondermind Advisory Board, and she is California-based, like I am. Uh, we're both Tupac and <laughs> West Coast. Um, she's a licensed clinical psychologist and business consultant. She's inhabited many professional roles, such as a clinical professor, author, and speaker, and she helps her community by highlighting and translating the relationship between emotional, physical, and spiritual wellness in order to explore and discover our most authentic, empowering selves. Additionally, she is a couple therapist expert and um, enjoys helping individuals create mindful, healthy, and playful, playful connection. I think we need more play in our lives for sure. Her intention is to break down important wellness topics while mixing it up with her vivacious personality and spirited humor. Dr. Nina can be found on Instagram at D-R-N-I-N-A-P-O-L-Y-N-E. And uh, she may be spitting something on her own or she may be bringing on a guest. Either way, you're going to love her. There's so much wisdom in not only what she says, but also I love how she presents herself. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? It's your single on purpose host, Dr. Nina. Welcome to today's episode on how to be happy while single. As a couple therapist myself, I see how much relationships truly struggle if we are not cultivating a healthy mind-body connection individually first, whether that's with a friend or romantic. The healthiest relationships are the ones where we are okay with ourselves, not all the time, but for the majority of the time. And then we do not make our partners or friends responsible for our own healing or happiness. Our relationships become an added bonus to our lives. And I could not be more elated to welcome two psychologists and they are considered heavy hitters in the mental health and wellness space to help me explore this topic thoroughly. Dr. Shiva Asar and Dr. Melly Wasserman were my grad school buddies, and they've since went on to create incredible careers for themselves in order to help individuals reach their highest potential. I consider Dr. Shiva to be one of the most charismatic people, and her spirit can't help but to lift you up when you need it most. And Dr. Melly has an incredibly dynamic sense of humor, and I can always depend on her for a big hearty laugh. Both Dr. Shiva and Dr. Melly are incredibly gifted. They hold the dynamic of being very real and relatable while also being some of the most intelligent, bright stars I know. So what's up, Dr. Melly? Welcome to the Single on Purpose podcast. Could you introduce yourself to the listeners? Well, after that intro, I feel like I need a moment to cry a bit because that was Aww. beautiful. Dr. Shiva and I over here like, oh my God, Nina, please stop. Stop. <laughs> Heavy hitter. What? Oh my God. 
<laughs> Let me grab a tissue before I introduce myself. <laughs> so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. So I'm Dr. Melly. I'm a clinical psychologist. I'm located in Los Angeles. I'm a native Los Angelina. I hold a small private practice in the San Fernando Valley, woot woot to the Valley folk. Um, I primarily work with individuals who've experienced traumatic stress, intergenerational trauma, collective trauma. I'm also an assistant professor at our alma mater, Go Waves, Pepperdine. Um, and so I'm a professor there uh, as well. And I mostly, my, most of my scholarship and research is around war-related trauma, again, cultural trauma, post-traumatic growth, and uh, resilience. I'm also the host of a podcast called Managing with Dr. Melly, of which Dr. Nina and Dr. Shiva were on season one, and it was fire. And so I'm just so happy to be here to talk with these beautiful women uh, and really excited for the conversation today. Thanks for having me. Yes, of course. Thank you, Dr. Melly, for being here. And yes, your podcast is fire. And I was just so grateful to be a part of it. So thank you. So yeah, if you guys haven't listened to that podcast, definitely go over to Spotify and look up Dr. Melly. Um, so Dr. Shiva, thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad you're here to hold it down with us today. Could you introduce yourself to the listeners? Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be doing this here with both of you. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Shiva Sar. As mentioned, I'm also a psychologist. Um, I don't even know what to share after all of these great things that you all both have shared, but um, I'm a psychologist. I have my own private practice also in Southern California, um, and I focus on working with individuals in really focusing on strengthening their sense of self, their relationships with themselves, improving their self-confidence, and really living a life that's fulfilling, oriented with their values. I'm huge on strengthening our relationship with ourselves to be able to have the dating, friendship, familial relationships that we want with other people. Um, I also, too, focus a lot on culture and the influence of culture and really finding, you know, what is really beautiful about your culture? What do you want to keep in? What are the things that maybe you want to think a little bit more about so we're able to have that life? Um, also, I um, provide different trainings, workshops, sessions, podcast interviews focused on mental health prevention. Um, and I also am present on social media focusing on mental health prevention. Um, and then I have a future podcast in the coming months, um, which I'll share a little bit more about in the end, um, but called Tell Me Some More with Dr. Shiva. Um, really, and so my hope is just having more of a community where we can have a lot of these discussions that are so important to all of us. So thank you for having me. I'm just so excited about this conversation. Of course, of course. Say, Dr. Nina, you are so giving and that I think your introduction really just captures who you are, not mm -hmm. only like your dynamic, sweet nature, yeah. but you're so giving. And I similarly felt like, oh, I, I need a minute to, you know, feel my emotions. Oh, <laughs> uh, should we just all cry? <laughs> yes. That's going to be this whole episode. Everyone grab a box of tissues and we're just going to we're gonna just gonna cry. We're just gonna cry together. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. So I don't know if you're listening out there and you wanted to like you know tap on this to hear us cry, but that's exactly what's gonna happen right now. Um, so yes, thank you, Dr. Shiva, for being here as well and for your sweet words. Um, yeah, I couldn't be more happy to have you both on here. And yeah, just considering you guys good friends, and it's nice for us to just come together and have this conversation that's truly, truly important. So um, let's get into some fun. Like, should we have some fun? Yeah, let's, let's have some fun. We're already having uh, fun, but yeah, <laughs> let's have some more fun. <laughs> um, so I'm curious, Dr. Melly, about your creative outlet right now. I'm like super into creativity and just like Love how it. to explore myself and my inner compass in different and new ways. And so I'm just curious, like, what are you up to that's creative? 
So a few things. I love to dance and y'all know sing. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm probably going to be found singing on this episode in a few moments, just shortly here. Um, Love singing, love (laughs) dancing. (laughs) I love like like making floral arrangements, like heading to the farmer's market, grabbing some flowers. Um, Something that's not current, but like I'm a Halloween fanatic, so I love decorating my house for Halloween. And um, I know that's someone else on this episode's uh, creative outlet too, because throwback a few years ago, Dr. Nina's Ursula Halloween costume was probably the coolest, most elaborate, amazing costume I've ever seen in my whole life. So uh, yeah, I love Halloween um, not as great in terms of creative outlet in terms of making my own costumes like Dr. Nina. Um, but I love like Halloween decorations and all that. So that's, that's a few months away, but something to look forward to. And Dr. Shiva, how about you? I must say, I definitely am not creative, lies, but especially lies. what I know of uh, Dr. Nina and Dr. Molly. But um, what I would say is I my creative outlet is coming through probably more in the podcast. So I've been recording episodes, really excited about the podcast. And so it's been a chance for me to really see what am I most interested in and how can I ask and have conversations that feel most authentic to me. Um, but I would say that's probably most of my, I don't know, maybe... Maybe I'm more creative than I realize, but I do love dance. I've gotten into cooking recently. Um, but outside of that, I guess I just love what I love and sticking to my routine. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love the fact that you're dropping a podcast, Dr. Shiva, because you are incredibly creative. And I know yeah. what you're going to drop is going to help bring meaning to so many people's lives. And I'm curious about like the cooking. Do you have a favorite dish that you like to cook? Well, so it's, I mean, okay, so I'm just getting into, um, I, well, I've been watching the masterclass, you know, the website masterclass. So I've been Mm. watching their cooking episodes and I'm like really getting into like the Middle Eastern and Lebanese foods. Um, so it's more, the creative part is still thinking about the, the Middle Eastern. So that's where we want to get to. Yeah. I mean, outside of that, it's protein and veggies that I typically cook. Um, but I'm practicing more with like the hummus and the sides and those kind of things. I love that Um, you can never go wrong with hummus I mean I just love a good yeah no totally but the way they make it on the shows you're like oh can I get there I don't know but we're gonna try (laughs) it tastes different like when you make it on your own versus like when you get it packaged at a store you could taste the difference yeah for sure and Dr. Melly for you you like to put flowers together which I think is so incredibly creative like do you have a special kind of flower that you really like you could tell I'm not a flower expert because I don't even know how to ask the question <laughs> but like what like what how do you like to put it together like are there particular flowers you like to use so even yesterday I went to the farmer's market and I just like always like to see what they have like the tulips right now are looking gorgeous um, and I'll just grab like whatever's there whatever looks fresh and I will come home and I have a bunch of vases around the house and I'll just put together it's not like intricate but it's like something like a little self-care like I get to put a little you know oh, match the vase nice. and then put the flowers nice. together and then I get to put them around the house and it's really fun yeah it's like a beautiful strategy for self-love too just kind of like seeing it out taking yes. good care of yourself and like a, just a mindfulness okay. exercise almost so I love 100%. that yeah, yeah. and thank you for the compliment about the Halloween costumes like as you brought it up I'm like you know, Dr. Molly has a particular way about inspiring me. Every time we've done podcasts together, she'll mention something small and I'm like, hmm, yeah, I need to get back to that. So thank you for always seeing like the good in every person. I think that's so incredible. And I need to get back to bringing the costumes like in full force because 
you're never too old to have a good Halloween costume. I think the listeners need to see it on your social media when this say. when this episode airs. So I'm yeah, just you know what? Saying. Holler at my Instagram, everybody, because you're going to see some fire costumes in the works. Um, So on all the podcast episodes, I've been talking a lot about music because it's just like something that I love so dearly. I love going to um, concerts and just exploring any kind of new music that's out there. So since you guys are on this podcast, I'd love to ask you, like, what are some new artists you're into or just it could be an older artist that you brought back into uh, your listening repertoire. Um, But Dr. Shiva, let's start with you. Um, so I don't know any new music. So mm-hmm. I'm like an old song. <laughs> I have no idea what's playing on the radio. I will listen to, I've been listening to the same music for years, but I listen to like old school Usher, 112, Mariah Ooh. Carey, but like old school Mariah Carey, um, Celine Dion. Like, I just feel like music was so good back in the day. And so why change it? <laughs> they just don't make it like they used to. They sure really don't. don't. And I just, you know what I love the most about like, even when like, like Usher, I'm like thinking the song, like you remind me, right? Like there was so much more emotion in our music mm. back in the day. And so I think that's what I'm like most drawn towards. I like love Love to use songs as a way to like express and process my own feelings too. <laughs> Ooh, I love that. I love that. And you know what? This is a message for you Gen Z folks out there. They don't make music like they used to. Late 90s, early 2000s. That's what's up. Oh, totally. yeah. I love Dr. that Nelly, Ushers. I, I love that Ushers. You remind me was the song that you just mentioned. Like, not gonna. Get, it's gonna be stuck in my head the, the probably the whole day, maybe the whole week. Oh, so funny. No, it's such I, a good song. I so actually good. just recently listened to it, and even like Tyrese. I mean, I can just go on and on. I just we just had really good artists. I mean, there sure uh, we still do, um, but I think there is yeah definitely the Gen Zers. You need to go. You can find a song for anything heartbreak, loss, happiness. Like we described it so well. We're going to have to post Dr. Shiva's playlist to the show notes of this episode. I would. Yes. Do you love how I'm taking responsibility? I'm like, we described it so well. No, really, it was the artist. I'm just, I just enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you did a good job. So Dr. Melly, what about you? You're always like in something new and different. And yeah, what are you up to these days music wise? This is the hardest question ever. Um, truly most recently, I'd say I've been getting just like Shiva, Dr. Shiva, I've been really getting back into old school, like pop punk. Um, I am a ska and punk lover at heart. And so been definitely listening to a lot of music that I used to like screamo listen to in like middle school. Um, so a lot of that on my commute has been definitely, uh, definitely happening. So, you know, some Blink-182, a little bit of yellow card up in there, a little less than Jake, you know, um, you know, just, just anything that you can, you can belt out like just at the top of your lungs on your commute. And I bet people are driving past me like, whoa, that girl, what is she doing? They probably just want to get into your car or and they hang out get with you. My- yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, those are really great selections. And it's nice, like you both kind of mentioned, it's nice to go back into your history because like, you know, those songs bring up particular memories that we love and cherish. And so it's cool that you guys are able to go back and do that. Um, I'm curious, kind of uh, along the same lines in terms of like celebration, I've been thinking a lot about like how we celebrate ourselves because so much like, especially in the beginning of the year, we're sort of like looking forward into our goals. Like, what do we want to accomplish this year? Um, How do we want to... 
um, uh, how do we want to explore ourselves in new and meaningful ways? However, sometimes we struggle with looking back on all that we've accomplished the year before. Um, and as we're coming into spring, I feel like the energy is good where we're like kind of full speed ahead. But how do you guys continue to sort of celebrate yourself in order to kind of like keep up with our self-worth? Because I think that's so important. Who wants to start, Dr. Melly or Dr. Shiva? I can go. Yeah. What I was going to say was um, what came up for me, um, I've been trying to be more intentional around just resting. And I think that, um, and during that rest of connecting with loved ones, traveling, I've actually been traveling a ton this year. Um, and so it really is, I think that uh, although initially it would feel, you know, like not as comfortable because I love being on the go. I love doing different things, but I think having that time to just really be intentional around like slowing down and just enjoying all that has happened and all that is, um, mm -hmm. has been really special for me. Um, and just connecting, like spending more time to connect with myself, with other people, with different cultures, um, has really allowed me to just feel really good in the moment right now. Beautiful. Rest is, gosh, that's so key, especially there's a burnout culture these days and we don't really take the time to rest and take care of ourselves and listen to our needs. Uh, Dr. Melly, what about for you? Yeah. So something that my partner recommended um, and I found out that he did a few months ago is he has a warm and fuzzy folder on his computer. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that was like genius. And so I started one myself. And so whenever I receive feedback, but also when I journal about myself, I just throw it in this warm and fuzzy folder. And whenever I need it, I open it up and I I get to celebrate myself, my wins, um, but also, you know, in those moments where I might be journaling about about self-love or self-trust, I throw those in there too so I can just open up all those things and, and see, see how I can celebrate myself and really reconnect and really connect with that self-compassion and self-love. Oh, I love that idea. I think we're all just going to go out and get ourselves a what is it called? A fuzzy? A warm and fuzzy folder. <laughs> a warm and fuzzy folder. Yes. I love that idea. And just so important because it probably does make us feel really warm and fuzzy. And it's nice to just have those reminders, especially when we're having tough days that right. like, you know, we're able to love ourselves, celebrate ourselves just as you described. So that's beautiful. Thank you, Dr. Melly. Um, so should we get into this episode? We're talking about how to be single and happy, which is a tough topic, I would say. Yeah. What do you guys think? Let's I'm do just it. very excited about it. Yeah, let's do this. Let's do it. So Dr. Shiva, I'm looking at you first. So uh, before we get into helpful tips for being happy and single, I would love to explore with you, what are the barriers to feelings of happy happiness while being single? I think there can be so many different barriers, but like some that come up for me are the societal, cultural, maybe even personal expectations that we put on ourselves as to, you know, when do we need to be coupled up? What does it mean to be single? Oh, yeah. Um, I find that so often we have such negative connotations associated with being single. And, you know, even if it is something that we do want, even if we do want to be in a relationship at one point, I, I, I find it's so important, I think, to also recognize that to be single means we have so many other great opportunities and positive things that can come about. So I would say there are a lot of expectations. There's the negative connotations that we associated with what being single means. And I think mm -hmm. the other barrier is, um, I think a lot of times we're focusing on the future, right? So we're in the present moment, we're single, but we're focusing on the future and we think that, okay, once I get there, I'm going to be happy. 
versus really like cultivating that sense of happiness in the present moment. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that can really get in the way of us just being happy right then and there. And there's so much to be happy about. Um, I love that idea so much that you're raising just kind of this idea that like being good with yourself first will eventually bring in good energy, whether that's new friendships, new relationships, but like focusing on the present moment is so, so important. Yeah. Yeah, And I think recognizing, yeah, focusing on the present moment and also, you know, this, even if, you know, we're in a relationship in the future that will hopefully bring us happiness, but also thinking about what are ways that I can be happy right now. Right. Mm. And I think that we oftentimes will delay the happiness or we'll delay our own thoughts about happiness until the future, but really being right. intentional around like, how can I be happy right now? What, what does bring me happiness right now? What, what brings is, me joy? Yeah. What brings me joy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and really owning that, I think, yes. um, that can within itself can help us in challenging those expectations that maybe even other people have of us as to, you know, what it means to be single. I think that is brilliant. I, as you're talking, I was even thinking about how some of us, like in order to drown, like the sadness, the loneliness, et cetera, we're kind of looking to, like you were saying, those relationships to make us feel more whole, mm-hmm. uh, more, more happy. Um, but how can we just honor those feelings that we have right now? Like, what is that sadness like for me? How can I validate that? And how can I cultivate, you know, a well-rounded relationship with myself? So like you said, Dr. Shiva, we can all move forward and create right. really healthy relationships. I think that's so important. Mm -hmm. Um, So Dr. Melly, my next question is for you. So I'm curious, what do you think gets in the way of being single and happy, particularly from a trauma or intergenerational trauma lens? Yeah, I think it definitely overlaps with some of the things that Dr. Shiva was mentioning around like our thoughts and our emotions are constantly firing on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment basis, mm-hmm. right? And so if we have specific thoughts about how we think we should, and I'm putting that mm-hmm. right, should, when we're shoulding all over ourselves, right? And we can have thoughts and beliefs that stem from intergenerational cycles or even like what was modeled by our caregivers, by our community, by our parents, by those around us, right? And so we may have like thoughts or beliefs around those shoulds or even what if, what ifs about, you know, when we should be reaching quote unquote milestones or maybe even these internalized beliefs uh, beliefs about ourselves or or what that means or even beliefs about others or even beliefs about about the world and and it's not to necessarily say that we need to change our larger cultural values right those are there and in so many ways those are adaptive and helpful and useful and they may even bring us joy right so but we want to kind of think through and be really curious about how those things impact our thoughts our emotions. I oftentimes talk about our algorithm, right? How has our how have intergenerational cycles or again even what was modeled for us, our early family environment, our cultural environments, how have those kind of uh, impacted our algorithm, right? How we view ourselves, how we view being single, how we view relationships, how we view everything within our environment and even everything within ourselves. So how do we pause, get really curious about that? And respond to some of the things that we tell ourselves, some of the shoulds that we tell ourselves. And, you know, more often than not, some of the things that we're talking about now might not necessarily lead us to feel good or feel happy or feel comfortable, right? They may often even fill us with discomfort, 
right? So with the with some of the thoughts that we have around, you know, when when do I need to reach these milestones or even who I need to surround myself with or even the pressure to, you know, have children when in reality these questions might not even be aligned with our with us or be even a good fit for us, right? And of course society exacerbates that some of that too. So I think being really kind of in tune with uh, our thoughts and behaviors and how those impact how we view how we view things. I love that, Dr. Melly. And just even that highlighted piece of you saying, let's look at our history. Like, let's look at the narrative within our own yes. family systems and where are the messages coming from? Uh, and like, sometimes I think we're so outwardly focused that we're like, blaming other people or not mm -hmm. sure. And we have all these messages right. about how we view the world, but how can we look at our own story and find meaning, find strength in it? Like you said, the value system is so important. Um, yeah. So Dr. Melly, I'm curious about like, how do we trust ourselves? Like when we have a history of trauma, especially when we're like alone, but we're trying to date, like how would we, how would we trust ourselves in those experiences? Is it through what you're talking about the narrative? Yeah, it is. It, there's so much curiosity involved in that. And, and there is an element too of like being comfortable with being uncomfortable, which mm -hmm. sounds paradoxical, right? But being really curious about, ooh, like I'm noticing, right? That mindfulness that Shiva, that Dr. Mm -hmm. Shiva mentioned, that being present, being aware of what's happening in our bodies, being aware of maybe our tendency or pull to react or our tendency to maybe have certain beliefs or thoughts that might not be serving us very well or might be causing some sense of discomfort and getting really curious about, ooh, okay, where where do I think this comes from? Mm. Or how is this kind of impacting how I maybe view myself or, again, other people or or relationships? Mm. And and that curiosity is really important. And, and again, being comfortable or in some sense comfortable with being uncomfortable because to to think about and even work towards breaking some of those intergenerational cycles, intergenerational patterns, it's not necessarily super comfortable. We're not all diving into the sea of our intergenerational baggage, so to speak, right? <laughs> we're looking at that and we're like, oh, I ain't dipping a toe in that. I'm not going right. near that. I'm going to just <laughs> – goodbye. <laughs> so getting in some ways like comfortable with like with the discomfort of like, hey, th this is not necessarily comfortable. And and so often this is like granular, like this is like in, this is cellular, right? Um, and this is, again, modeled. And more often than not, a lot of these uh, cycles or things are really adaptive. So for example, in, in my own culture, like having kids, it's not a question. It's not like, do you want to have kids? It's like, when are you having kids? You have to have kids. You have to repopulate the Jewish people. You know, uh, there are sociopolitical events that have that have wiped out the Jewish people. You have to repopulate, not to mention the religious aspect of be fruitful and multiply, right? And all these things are just like coming at you. And when I was in my 20s and even early 30s, it was like, wait, wait, wait. Uh, I'm not doing I'm not doing that yet. Like what's wrong with me, right? Like what does that mean about me? And so again, being really thoughtful and curious about like, ooh, I'm feeling this urge, like where does this come from? And again, adaptive, right? That's a culturally adaptive response. Repopulate the the your people who have been uh, you know, murdered or or there's been a, a mass destruction. And, and so again, like that's adaptive. So I'm not going to be hard on myself of like, oh, I'm feeling that pull, but I'm going to be curious of, oh, I'm noticing that like 
percolating. That's like simmering, noticing the waves of intergenerational trauma kind of bubbling up and being really curious about like, oh, how is how is that impacting how I view myself? How is that impacting my view of what I might not be doing? Or how is that impacting my view of prioritizing my career? And getting really curious with the thoughts and the emotions, because they're going to be there, um, about how some of those things make us feel. That was beautifully shared. And I just, as you were talking, I, for some reason, was imagining like being on a roller coaster. Um, <laughs> and like- Great metaphor. Me, we love a metaphor <laughs> in our field, right? Yeah, great. Yeah, we really do. And I was thinking like, thank you for bringing up this idea of self-compassion because, you know, we're all on this roller coaster of life and it's not necessarily happy and beautiful all the time. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of low moments and how can we give ourselves compassion while also recognizing that if you're human, everyone has these experiences on some level. So it's like, just like Dr. Melly is describing, you know, looking back into her own family history. So many of us have similar experiences. We may not have the same cultural background as her, but we can identify with that and say, okay, Dr. Melly is a human just like me. She has similar experiences to me and that makes us feel a little less uh, alone. And so I really love that you mentioned that. Um, And for both of you guys, I love that you're really highlighting the, sh- the social component, not only just macro, micro as well. And uh, there's so many messages given to us, like Dr. Shiva was saying in the media and like so much uh, family dynamics, cultural mm-hmm. background, like you both are sharing. And it's like, yeah, there's a lot of reasons why we struggle to be happy while single. Mm-hmm. And just recognizing that for ourselves and honoring that piece and loving ourselves through it is so, so, so key. So I appreciate you guys bringing all of this in because sometimes we can be so hard on ourselves that like, am I the only one that feels this way when I'm single? But you're definitely not. And so if you're listening, you are not alone. Um, I'm curious about how we cultivate a good relationship with ourselves. So I know that we talked a little bit about this already, but I feel like there might be a difference between being feeling actually lonely and living alone. A lot of us, I think, in America right now are living alone. And so, um, uh, Dr. Shiva, maybe we can start with you about like, what do you think that all has to do with actually, like with having a relationship with ourselves and whether we're lonely or alone or what those actually mean? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I would love to answer answer that. And I also just want to add, um, similar to our discussion, which I think is like related to this question that you're asking, but I think what I would say is uh, to answer your question is being alone is when we're physically separated from other people, right? So like there is no one else around us. Maybe, um, you know, we are disconnected in that way, but having that sense of feeling lonely Mm -hmm. is even if we may or may not be around other people, it's, we may feel disconnected maybe within ourselves. Maybe we feel disconnected from other people, a feeling disconnected or feelings of sadness from maybe our community. And so it can show up in different ways, but it's a feeling of sadness or feeling that we are emotionally disconnected, even if other people are physically present. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think some ways to really help strengthen that. Um, and I think it also relates to the question that you had previously asked Dr. Melly and I is really paying attention to similar to what Dr. Melly said of the stories that we're telling ourselves what's mm-hmm. going through our mind. I think so often we are maybe even not realizing it, right? Like we're comparing 
ourselves and our situations to other people. And we oftentimes are attaching more of this positive meaning to other people's experiences than we do to ourselves, right? So we may be thinking like- We are so mean to ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. And I think it was, it was when I, even when I've sort of really started to really focus on my relationship with myself, I'm like, where is that voice coming from? How am I yeah. saying this to myself? I would yeah. never say that to anyone else. Um, and I think those, you know, of course, can be a barrier to feeling happy when we're single, but also can contribute to that disconnection we feel, right? If I'm mm-hmm. always criticizing myself, if I'm always hard to awe myself, even if other people are around me and people are like, Shiva, you're, Dr. Shiva, you're great, or you know, they're feeling connected, I may feel that sense of loneliness within myself, right? Mm-hmm. I'm disconnected from my own thoughts, what's authentic, my own feelings, my own sensations, mm-hmm. and I'm bombarded with more of that negativity. So I think really paying attention to what may be contributing to that disconnection, be it with yourself or other people. Right. And then ways of really, for me, of connecting that and strengthening my sense of self is coming back to how can I be more compassionate? How can I treat myself with more love? How can I maybe have more accurate thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily having more positive thoughts, but how can I view myself more accurately, mm-hmm. right? So notice what isn't working for me, what's negative, what's also true, like that was being true, but also what's positive, What's going to help me to feel more connected? That is an excellent strategy. And I like that you said just kind of like finding who am I internally within myself and uh, how can I give myself compassion in those moments where I get into like this negative bias range of like always having the negative loop going, 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 all the criticism, uh, what is actually accurate. Um, I think that's beautiful. Dr. Melly, any other tips you can think of in terms of like uh, cultivating a good relationship with ourselves? Yeah. I I think when we think about trauma, traumatic stress or stress in general and how that might impact our thoughts and beliefs, right? The thought of intimacy, right? Mm -hmm. Or even connection. Let's just – because intimacy can look like a lot of different things, right? But even the thought of self-intimacy, self-connection, connection with others can feel really, really scary and vulnerable, right? So for those who may have experienced uh, stress or, or trauma, you know, this this idea of being vulnerable feels so mm. unsafe, right? Unsettling. And, and when we feel unsafe, right, that can impact not only how we relate to other people, but also how we relate to ourselves too. And so again, I think that paying attention to some of even our thoughts or reactions towards feeling connected. And again, when I say connection, that's just not connecting with others. That's connecting with ourselves Mm -hmm. too, right? So many of us may even be wearing masks, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, some of those masks that we might wear in how we relate to ourselves or how we relate to other people might be really adaptive from our early experiences. And so that curiosity can be really, really, really important. And that awareness that Dr. Shiva was mentioning, that sense of curiosity um, is all really important in how we reflect and think about how we interact with ourselves and how we interact with other people. Mm -hmm. 
Beautifully said. And I'm, I'm curious too, Dr. Melly, um, kind of going back to you about like, you mentioned the social masks that we wear. And mm-hmm. I think that is so real. And especially when we're single, we're dating and we want to find our person. Um, how do we prevent ourselves from going into sort of like the people pleasing mode? Because I think that also connects to the self-trust piece as well. And so how do we begin to kind of turn down the people pleasing and just showing up authentic? instead when we're on dates. Mm-hmm. Right. And I appreciate that you brought up the thought like I can't – maybe I can't trust myself mm-hmm. or that, that's a big – like that can be a big trauma thought, right? I can trust myself. I can't trust my judgment. And so I, I think that, again, being really mindful and connecting with and, – and the pandemic really <laughs> shoved us into the deep end of being alone, right? You know, we were just talking about how we distinguish being alone versus feeling lonely and the pandemic shoved us into both of those experiences. And we were really kind of forced to, to almost like sit with ourselves in a very deeply existential way that was not – maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but I think I can speak for others in this too – was really uncomfortable. That was not a comfortable time, right, especially, you know, early on. Um, and so, again, I think like really thinking about and, – and a lot of us were forced to ask the question – like, who am I? What's important to me? Which, by the way, are great questions to not just ask ourselves once, but to continue to ask ourselves. Because those can be dynamic. Those can be changing. Different interactions, relationships, environments pull different parts of us. And in, in really kind of thinking about um, some a lot of that values-based work of who am I? What's important to me right now? right? Because I think sometimes we can get tripped up on the finality of like, mm-hmm. well, if this is me now, this is going to be me forever. I'm like, oh my gosh, no. Like we can ch- – <laughs> we're changing every day. We change in every hour, right? So I think that again, like practicing that that curiosity, being really mindful of when we might feel pulled. You, you mentioned people pleasing. Being really mindful of when we feel pulled um, being really mindful of bou- the B the B word boundaries. Mm-hmm. boundaries boundaries what's up boundaries right um, so being really mindful of like when we feel um, kind of challenged and when our boundaries are challenged and what that's like what that feels like and you know that again that curiosity that questioning that reflection and and more often than not like hey we're gonna make mistakes mm-hmm. it it is literally a part of life. Our boundaries are going to get tested and we're going to we're going to be like, "Oh, why did I do that? That really was a boundary that I wanted to set." And like, "Okay, let's have our let's give ourselves a little grace and space, okay? And and really kind of learn from that experience and and revisit the question of, "Hey, why was this important to me? What's important to me about this? And how can I move forward with myself?" Um, you know, and how does that relate to me, who I am, and what I want to how I want to relate to myself and how I want to relate to the world? I love that. And I just, I like how you started it with what we're currently kind of dealing with these last couple of years with the pandemic and how difficult and hard it was for so many of us, especially marginalized communities and uh, just kind of figuring out like, how do we now want to move through the world? And for many of us, it looks very different. Like a lot of people don't want to work those like 60, 70 hour jobs anymore. And we we're just burnt out. And uh, just kind of how do we connect to ourselves, our inner compass? And when we do start to beat us ourselves up a little bit, how can we give ourselves, like you said, the grace and space? Um, thank you for sharing that. I think that was so beautiful. Um, and Dr. Shiva, I'm curious from you, our dating expert, uh, about just kind of like, how do we speak our truth. Like when, Mm. say when we're on a date and like, 
it, we're not feeling it, right? Like we're like, mm, this is not for me. Maybe it's the first five minutes of and the that's day. That's gonna happen, and that's and gonna that happen totally. Yeah, and, and I think it can feel really hard. Um, even you know, maybe you have the experience of people pleasing, or you really are wanting to connect. So you may be thinking, like, maybe I should give this person a more of a chance, or what it may not, what it may be. But I think a part of it, of course, is communicating, and I will share that. But I think it's also recognizing that you know, what, what are my wants? What are things that I'm okay with? Even before you're on the date, like what are things, what are my non-negotiables? What are, what are the things that I'm really looking for at this moment of time? And so when you're on the date, I think it it can make it easier when you identify, let's say those red flags are showing up to be able to then make more of that decision or to communicate that. But let's say you've come to a place where you want to communicate that. Um, I would say doing it communicating your disinterest or your lack of, or maybe not wanting to continue the relationship or the engagement um, early on in a respectful way, in a way that you would want someone to share with you. And I think it could be at a minimum of just saying, hey, I'm just really not interested or I don't want to continue this further. We don't have to provide additional information, but if you feel comfortable and safe, I think at minimum, just sharing that you're not wanting for this to continue and remembering that this is part of the dating process, right? So if it's hard to set that boundary, if it's hard to say no, or you may don't, you don't want to upset their feelings, reminding yourself that like, you would likely probably want to hear that from someone else if they didn't want to continue with you. Mm -hmm. And this is part of the dating process. They could, pro- right. they're probably going to expect that not everyone's going to like them, just like not everyone's going to like us. So keeping that uh, piece in mind, I think the other thing is, especially for those of us who you know are really wanting to connect or you know don't want to let other people down, it's reminding yourself that you can say no, right? Yeah. So reminding ourselves of our rights within relationships. Yeah, we can say no. We can change our mind. Maybe we said yes initially, and then we're like, no, actually, yes. I'm not sure about this, but now this is a no. And regardless of that person's reaction, our decision is valid and it makes mm-hmm. sense for us. And so I think that's why I think it's so important for us to know, you know, what is our value? What are things that we are comfortable with? So when we need to make that decision, especially if it's hard for us to do that, we can ground it in, I know why I'm making this decision. Right. This person may not agree with me. Maybe they love this date, right? And But also I know why I've made the decision that I'm making. And there is that going back to Dr. Melly's point, if we're not used to doing that, it can feel uncomfortable, right? right? And that's, it's uncomfortable to hurt someone's feelings. Yeah, It is uncomfortable. And I, it's also comfortable to support your own, right? So, yes. that, so there's that benefit, right? So with that discomfort comes like, well, am I also gaining something from this? Is it bringing mm. me closer to the experience that I want, to the life that I want, the type of relationship that I want? Mm. Um, and I'll just share one last thing. I can continue on this, but I just feel like the other last piece is like when we can do more of that for ourselves and really support ourselves in the ways that we're needing, that really goes back into our own confidence, right? Our own belief and our beliefs to handle difficult situations and just to strengthen that sense of our relationship with ourselves, which as we talked about is the most important. So first of all, mic drop. Thank you, Dr. Shiva for 
shutting that down. End and, scene. End scene. End scene. <laughs> and if you're listening, rewind this back and write down those questions that Dr. Shiva is suggesting because you can use that on any date beforehand. You can check in with yourself after. And I just love this idea of continuing to check in with ourselves and that you highlighted that piece that the more we practice, the better we get at it and the more we raise our self-worth. And so, yes, it will feel uncomfortable. Maybe we'll feel a little guilty for saying no or saying this isn't going to work. But in the end, it's best for the other person to hear it straight up. And for you, can like lessen the burden of like feeling like you can manage everyone's feelings, you know, because we just can't. Um, and so I just, I love that you shared that. Thank you. Um, so I have another question just around for either of you, whoever feels inspired to answer it around, um, our cultural identity. So how does our cultural background and community perspective influence our identity when dating? Is, does that play a role? Great question. I'll start. I would love to uh, hear Dr. Molly, what you have to share about this, but, um, I will say that, you know, similar to what we've already said, of course, I think that it can influence that it can influence the expectations that we have of ourselves, of how we need to, at what point of the decisions we need to make throughout our lives, but also of who we are within romantic relationships or any relationship. Um, so I, I would encourage listeners to really just, again, go be curious as to, how do you see yourself in a relationship? Who do you see yourself so being? Important. Right? Like what roles do you fulfill? What are your responsibilities? And where do those come from? Mm. Right? And and even if they're from cultural or familial um, factors, that's all great, right? If it yeah. fits for you. Right. Mm-hmm. So at that point, identifying where they do come from, where is that template that you've, you know, uh, received as to what a healthy romantic relationship needs to look like and what are the factors that have influenced it? But also, how does that, is that a, how you want to continue your relationship? So really being intentional around where are these, what are the different factors that have influenced my relationship template? And are these things that I want to continue? Are these the ways that I want to show up within my romantic relationships? But I think so often we learn a great amount as to what it means to be in a relationship, a friendship, you know, interact with our family members from things that were modeled to us. And Dr. Mm-hmm. Millie had mentioned that early on in our childhood or maybe distinct experiences that we've had. Um, but Dr. Millie, I would love to hear your perspectives too. <laughs> 100%. I agree with everything you've said. And and you've mentioned earlier, you know, like really getting curious about like, what are your non-negotiables? Mm-hmm. And something that you touched on too is like, well, where do those come from? Mm-hmm. Right. And what are my even thoughts around that? Do I have like an, an if-then belief of if I'm not with someone who dot, 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 then dot, 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 like what do I think will happen if I'm not going to be with someone who uh, who is that or embodies that or, or whatnot? And so I, I think that being really curious about where those non-negotiables come from, how our expectations around roles, Dr. Shiva mentioned roles, those are, that's so important, right? How do uh, our, our beliefs about the role that we, again, I'm going to use the should word, should play, mm-hmm. right? And what do we want? And and what do we want to take from that? And what do we want to leave behind from that? Mm-hmm. And it's okay to do both of those things, right? Absolutely. And that's okay. And so again, practicing that curiosity, really being intentional and mindful about those polls, about those non-negotiables, um, and, and, and really being curious about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Beautiful. Yeah. Like I'm just having a moment right now because I think, um, one of the reasons why I wanted to do a podcast with the both of you is because you think so, uh, eloquently about, you know, how culture does impact the way we show up in the world and how can we explore that? And I think there's not enough information out there validating that. And so, uh, you guys were like the particular people that I wanted to have this conversation with. So I just wanted to have a process moment that like, this is really beautiful. And I'm so grateful that we're doing this together. Thank you. You I'm guys so are the grateful. best. No, this is so nice. <laughs> if only we could, you know, do this more regularly. Just talk about our own process too. No, this is so yeah. <laughs> I feel like we could just go for days on this on this topic. I mean, it's a really important one, and I think um, it's sort of like the white elephant in the room sometimes in conversations. And I'm glad that we're bringing it to the surface and really exploring it on a deeper level. So thank you guys. I appreciate um, that, but I also want to touch on that too. Like when we have those process comments, like, and I was noticing as you said that, like, I was checking with my Myself. Like I felt yeah. like my heart was very warm and like my my shoulders kind of relaxed a bit, right? So we can do that. Like let's also do that in the context of our lives yeah. in general and yeah, when we absolutely. are engaging in relationships or connecting with ourselves. Like really notice like what that feels like mm. in our bodies. Yeah. So much of our day-to-day lives and our society and our history, our experiences, our history, our trauma may lead us to feel disconnected from our bodies. And right. so let's embody, right? Let's mm. like reconnect, come back home, right? Come, come back, back home. to ourselves. Come. I love, I, I, I similarly, it's interesting. It's like, I love that you immediately checked in with yourself. And it's interesting what came up for me. And I was also thinking of like, wow, why don't we do the same? Like, why do I, these process comments that yeah. Nina does so beautifully. Oh, by the way, thank you. So naturally. Um, but it's interesting because the media thought I had is like, I feel so connected to you both mm-hmm. in this moment. And I mm-hmm. feel so grateful for this space. Mm-hmm. And I also thought similarly, you know, how can we do more of that? Give these compliments, share these comments, because I I just wonder how connected are we all going to feel similar to Dr. Melly's point on the regular basis. It's like when someone does something nice for us, sharing that moment or what Mm -hmm. it meant to us. I think that within itself can bring that sense of connection, that sense of fulfillment, and really like combat that loneliness that so many of us feel, right? When we're not sharing what's human. And doing it with ourselves too, right? Yeah, doing it with yourself. I appreciate this about myself today, and I appreciate this about you, right? Like being able to do that for both for that self connection, connection with others, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Oh God. Yeah. Well, you guys are the best. And Dr. Shiva, my next question is yeah. for you. Um, so what's the best way to cope with dating fatigue? So uh, sometimes we could feel a little disappointed. We put ourselves out there. We're feeling a little fatigued. Like it's not working out. Maybe we went through like maybe nine, 10 dates and none of them panned out the way we expected. Um, if we want to be happy and single, how do we manage the dating apps and all that um, when we're feeling fatigued and burnt out? Absolutely. No, great question. I think um, this could definitely, and I know it does come up for many people, especially when you're putting yourself out there, it can feel so discouraging. You keep on putting your best foot forward and you don't find your connection or the person you're wanting to connect with. Um, And I think that's especially true with dating apps, just because of the swiping culture. What I would say is really thinking about if you are using dating apps, limiting the amount of time that you're actually on the app. And so thinking, how much time do I have each day to actually be able to connect? Maybe it's 15 Mm -hmm. minutes, but those are going to be 15 minutes where we are intentionally trying to connect with the person that or the people that we've matched with, right? Rather than regularly swiping. Um, So really thinking about in the conversations that we're having, be it on dating apps or in person, like 
how can I maximize this time by focusing on connecting? And I think when we're talking about our emotions, we're talking about what's authentic, what's true for us, um, when we're being curious about people, those really cultivate those type of connections. I think the other piece is, um, so in addition to dedicating the amount of time, I think it's really thinking about what does it mean to be successful in this dating process? Um, so for those of you who are listening, you know, we're all sort of encouraging people to be more curious, but also really just thinking about what are the meanings that we associate? What are the outcomes that we associate with being a successful dater? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think that so often we think like, well, if I'm successfully dating, that means I'm going to get into a relationship, right? Or I'm going to find my person. And that mm-hmm. is true for many of us and can be true. But also, I think it also can be true that you go on dates and it doesn't work out. But in the process, you may be finding out, what do I like? What don't I like? Who tends to bring out the sides of me that I like or that I don't like? And so thinking about what is also gained in that process versus what's just lost, right? Um, Lori, did Dr. V need oh, Yeah, I was just going to say, I was thinking about like, you know, if you're on a date, even if like that person shares a really fire playlist and you don't, you know, maybe you don't vibe romantically, but like, hey, you got some good music. Yeah. So totally. keep it moving, that, Bill. That, that is true. Yeah, absolutely. So you literally could do tangibly getting something, right? Or just like some great laughter, really fun conversation. But I've even thought of it in my own experiences. Like it's only through the experience of putting myself out there in a way, obviously that felt safe and comfortable right, for me, but right. putting myself out there was I able to really learn who is Shiva? Like, who do I like to be? Or what are things that maybe going back to expectations, I thought because of cultural factors, because of familiar factors, I thought I needed to have in dating that maybe when it came to the experience itself, I may have, and I have realized like, oh, actually that doesn't feel good for me. Or like, totally. that is like something my parents would want, but I definitely do not want, even though I thought I would. Right. So I think it's reminding yourself that only in the experience of dating can we gain some of that information. Mm. Um, I think the other piece is really, even if you're really wanting to connect with someone, get into a relationship, it's thinking about how can I make my life fulfilling for right now, right? So not making your full focus getting into the relationship. That is one part of it, but really thinking about what are ways that I can fulfill myself, that I can experience enjoyment, be connected to other people outside of relationships. And then one last thing that I would share. So like do obviously doing the things that you enjoy. Another last thing I would share is, you know, and I think Dr. Melly and I had talked about this on her podcast, but is so often, again, we focus on who is the person that I want to connect with? What type of relationship do I want? Which is important. I definitely want to encourage you to focus on those things. But I, I want to also encourage you to take it one step further and for all of us to really think about who do I want to be? Do I have those attributes that I'm looking for? Do I have the attributes that are necessary to have that healthy relationship? Right. Can I, uh, you know, handle conflict effectively? Can I, you know, have, do, do I, is, are other areas of my life fulfilled or taken care of? Um, do I relate in the ways that I want to, right? So really thinking about those pieces too. Um, and I, and I feel like when we're able to do that, then naturally we get closer and closer to, connecting with those people that we're meant to connect with, at least in my opinion. (laughs) I think that's great. What you're sharing is so important that like we really need to look at ourselves. And maybe if you are looking at that list that you wrote for that potential partner and you're not meeting those same qualities, that's a good time to look internally first by like using some self-compassion. Maybe you're not there, but you will be there. Uh, What are the qualities you do have and anything else, you know, kind of bringing someone along the way with you. Maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a therapist to explore yourself some more. And like you were saying, 
finding your own inner peace, what lights you up yourself is going to bring you into a really quality relationship. So I really love that feedback, Dr. Shiva. Um, and I'd love to go to you, Dr. Melly. I have a question for you about deservingness because, mm. um, you know, I'm just curious around like, what are the energetics? Cause sometimes we're kind of like in the space where like, I should just tolerate this. I just, yeah. I want to be with someone being with someone is better than not being, you know, not being with nobody or, some people go into dating and they're kind of like, I deserve to be respected. I deserve love. And if I don't have that, I'm just going to keep being single and being in my fire element until I meet that person. Um, what's all that about? Yeah. So I mentioned earlier about like our algorithm, right? And so much of this can come not just from trauma or stress, but can come from family environment, right? Like what was modeled, but also what role did we play within our family uh, growing up? And so when we have these types of experiences that may solidify in our algorithm, and I say algorithm deliberately, right? Because, you know, on social media, right, the more we look at something of a certain topic, the more we get targeted marketing, uh, on those specific topics and areas, right? So the same tracks with our environment and our upbringing and, again, trauma, stressors, the more we experience and interact with types of experiences in our environment that may prompt or ding the thought of, I should tolerate, I'm not deserving, I am broken, whatever the thought might be, and that's just a few examples the more successive experiences that we have, that's now a part of our algorithm. So that's our lens of how we kind of view maybe those interactions, sometimes maybe when that might not be warranted. But again, because our algorithm is telling us that, because we are telling ourselves that, it feels more and more true. Mm -hmm. And so the shift from I am, I am, uh, I, I deserve, I should tolerate or I, I deserve this versus I deserve to be someone uh, to or be with someone who treats me with respect, or I deserve love and I deserve care. It's a nuance in our algorithm and a nuance in our thoughts, right? That's a thought-based difference that impacts, of course, our emotions, but also impacts our behavior, right? How we interact, how we respond, how we may or may not react. So again, really thinking about where does this thought come from? Is this thought a pattern? How has it been a pattern? How has this emerged in my relationships or in my life historically. And I love, you know, we're talking about algorithm. I love data. I talk to everybody about data, right? We want, so we're gathering data that confirms that. What disconfirms it, mm. right? Let's, what's an alternative? What is, is this, what's the, what am I not considering? What data, what evidence am I not considering in this thought? Because I'm limiting my focus based on my algorithm. So let's broaden our algorithm. Let's, let's, uh, you know, tar tar let's target marketing and let's let's use targeted marketing against itself, right? And really look for that that data and that evidence uh, to support maybe an alternative thought because there mm. generally there generally always is an alternative. I love that. Uh, neuroplasticity <laughs> is my yes. love language. So speak more yes. to me, Dr. Melly. I Ooh. love it. I love and it. just expanding the view, I think that is so important what you're describing. Um, so if you're out there and you're thinking like, gosh, like I really want to get to this point where I can have these types of thoughts, definitely consider what Dr. Melly is sharing. Um, you know, this has been such a great episode. You two ladies really threw down today. You came 
Correct. Okay. You came <laughs> correct. Um, so I'm wondering if we could just wrap up this episode by sort of like, if someone is unsure where to start, maybe they want to be single and happy. They're hearing all this great information and they're like, okay, what's the first step? How do I, how do I begin? Where should people start? Maybe we can start with you, Dr. Shiva. Sure. Okay. So I have two places. I have two <laughs> things you may want to consider. Sorry, I don't take direction well. <laughs> two nuggets. Clearly drop those, not. Drop two nuggets. nuggets. <laughs> I just can't. I, I, this is just all so good. We need to continue this conversation. That's okay, Dr. Shiva. Drop your knowledge, girl. Uh, but what I was going to say, um, so first, I think checking in with yourself and asking yourself, regardless of if I'm in a relationship or not, what would make me happy? What would I want to be doing? So mm. let's say you make it to that relationship. Are you still going to want to be engaging in the behaviors that you are right now, right? So really think – and the reason I say that is because so often I think we engage in behaviors that we think will get us to a relationship or someone else will find attractive. Mm. But I want to encourage you to think of what is going to be fulfilling to me regardless of my relationship status, right? It's going to be when that joy is connected to my value or my purpose. The second thing that I was going to share is – um, you know, let's say you're unsure of where to start and that still doesn't fit for you. I want to encourage you to think about how would you respond to a friend in the same situation? Yeah. Let's say they're unsure of how to feel happy single. Maybe they're unsure of what evidence is to the contrary of that belief that they have. What would you point out to them? What would you encourage them to consider the ways that they would treat themselves or say to themselves? You know, so really taking a step back and taking a, maybe more of an accurate um, look as to what may be happening for you. And I think so often when we're looking in from the lens of someone else and viewing it from, you know, we're viewing into our friend situation, we can more accurately be able to identify what are steps, what are things that we haven't considered. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Dr. Melly. Well, definitely piggybacking off of Dr. Shiva's nuggets. Um, you know, breaking breaking generational cycles that are no longer serving us can be really challenging, right? I mentioned mm-hmm. we mentioned the, you mentioned Dr. Nina the metaphor of a roller coaster. It can feel like that, right? And so, it, but it is possible. So it's not necessarily linear, but it, it is it is possible. And really giving yourself the grace and space to learn from your experiences, to reflect on your experiences, to evaluate your experiences is really critical and important. So grace and space is my, is my nugget. I love that. Thank you both so much. Um, so I'm curious, maybe if we can, you can each share where people can find you, what projects you have coming down the pipeline, um, and what can we get excited about? So maybe we'll start with you, Dr. Shiva. Great. Well, thank you so much for, for having me. I love this discussion with you both. I've, I feel like I've learned so much from We couldn't have done it without you, obviously. Yeah. Well, thank you. But um, so what I, I'm mainly on Instagram, so at Dr. Shiva, um, and that's where I will post a ton about relationships with yourself, relationships with other people. Um, but I'm also, as I had shared, I'm starting, I've been in the recording phase of my podcast, and so hopefully I will have you both on it, but it's called Tell Me Some More with Dr. Shiva. And so it's a space where we we will talk about all the topics that we would all benefit from having more discussions around that are connected to our wellness and our mental health. And I think a lot of the discussions that we don't typically focus on until later in our life. And so I want to create the space for us to talk about all of these important things that maybe we're not paying as much attention to. So look out for Tell Me Somewhere with Dr. Shiva, and it will be available wherever you get your podcasts. Beautiful. Dr. Melly, where can we find you these days and what projects do you have coming up? You can find me on the gram at Dr. Melly Wasserman. Uh, You can find me on on the gram, on all the 
social in your maybe in your algorithm already. We're talking <laughs> about algorithms. Um, so at Dr. Melly Wasserman or my website drmelly.com. I am currently at uh, season one of Managing with Dr. Melly. It has concluded, and currently working on uh, season two. And really excited about the conversations. Um, that I'm having for that. And really happy to to be here with the two of you. This magical trio is just gorgeous. We're beautiful. You're beautiful. We are all so, so, so grateful for you that are listening out there. And you can find me, Dr. Nina, at Dr. Nina Polinay on Instagram. And I will also place our contact information in the show notes. Thank you all for listening. Remember, this is not therapy or medical advice, but we hope you picked up a gem or two for yourself or for a loved one. Remember, the more that we work on ourselves and follow our inner compass, the better life is, whether we're partner or singled on purpose. Uh, Dr. Melly and Dr. Sheba, thank you for such an enlightening, super fun and energizing episode. And we will see you next time. I hope that episode was helpful. Hey, listen, if you want to share your singlehood journey, if you've gone somewhere, come back. If you have revelations and wisdom, please share your story. It's going to help other people. Nothing makes us feel more connected than hearing other people's stories. So just send me the audio of your story and you can just record it directly from your phone and email it to theangrytherapist at gmail.com. Also, if you want our Single on Purpose newsletter, go to singleonpurpose.life. That's singleonpurpose.life. You will get tools and articles and other people's stories and also uh, Zoom links to private gathers. So if you want to join our community, go to singleonpurpose.life. Thank you for listening. Be well. We hope you tell a friend. Hey, before you go, I want to invite you to the Single on Purpose private community online. It's off of social media, no ads, no algorithms. We got forums, we got live groups, we got webinars, and we have social hangs. We also have offline in-person hangs happening soon. So check us out. Go to singleonpurpose.life. That's singleonpurpose.life, and I will see you inside.